Hello everyone, I'd like to welcome you to Rad Real Estate. Each episode you'll join me while I do a deep dive into various topics related to selling and buying real estate. I'll talk about the state of the market, how to negotiate a contract, getting a home ready to sell, what to look for when buying, how to buy with a builder and what to expect from them, what's in the economic news, market trends, and how it all relates to real estate. I'm your host, Richard Dombrowski, and this is Rad Real Estate. Thank you so much for joining us once again on Rad Real Estate. And today we're going into part B of our episode of purchasing a resale home or existing home. And we talked last last time about, oh gosh, so many things about what to look for uh, once you've established what type of community you want and whether it has an HOA or a CDD and what those things are. Um, today we're going to talk a little bit about the lot when you're with your realtor and you're checking out the lot and things to look for like that as an example. So what you want to know is if if it rains and it's three days later, are you still sloshing around? And that's not a good sign. That means that there's something with the drainage. The other thing is, is there water retaining being retained on the, the deck or the lanai? And that's not everybody looks for that because on a dry, sunny day, there may be no water, but you can see signs like dark shadows in the pavers or on the deck that are an indicator that water's not getting out. Sometimes there's mud, sometimes there's little plants and things. Um, that's an indicator that there's that, that water's being retained there for too long a period of time. And then of course the last thing is you just want you want a realtor to give another set of eyes for you to be able to look at the general condition of the home. Is there a lot of rot on the soffits? Um, you know, is there rot on doors? Is uh, is it are are there drawers that are broken that you can visibly see? Um, you know, you're going to have an inspection if you're really interested in the home, but at first blush, you want to be able to make a determination on whether you keep it on your list or eliminate it from your list. So then we get to the next part, and that is submitting an offer. So if you're going to submit an offer, what's involved with that? Well, there's a whole bunch of paperwork. Uh, First of all is the contract, and there's basically two different types of contracts. There's an as-is, which is almost self-explanatory, maybe not quite. What what an as-is contract is, is that the seller is saying, I know there may be some things that need to be taken care of, but I just want to sell it the way it is. I don't want to mess with all of that. And that's their prerogative. When when we have a home that the sellers are wanting to sell as is, we still do our inspection because we're not going to buy it blind. And if something comes up on the inspection report that indicates that um, it, there's a big issue, a roof leak or whatever, then we're going to go back to the seller and say, hey, um, when we walked through the home, we liked it. That's how we submitted our offer, but we didn't realize that there was a roof leak. And you either need to take care of that or you need to give me a credit in order to do it. 
And just a side note there is if someone's financing, they don't necessarily have the choice to get a credit to have that repaired. Because the bank may say, we're not going to give you a loan on a house that has a roof leak. No, thank you. Um, The other type of contract is a standard contract. And in the standard contract, the main difference is that you build in certain thresholds for repairs. So, as an example, if you're buying a $500,000 house, you might put in there that you want the seller to do up to $3,000 in repairs as a result of the inspection, general inspection. Maybe $3,000 as a result of any damage that's caused by wood-destroying organisms or termites or carpenter ants, fungus, things like that. Um, And then maybe another couple thousand dollars to close out any open permit issues. And that happens a lot. People get a new water heater and the plumber goes ahead and, and permits it and they install it and everything's good. And then they just never close out the permit. So that's hanging out there unfinished, basically. So that the standard contract builds monies in to get those situations resolved. Now, if the amount of general repairs exceeds the $3,000 in this case, then you're back to the negotiating table with the seller saying, okay, um, there's, you're doing, I know you're doing $3,000 worth of repairs, but there's $10,000 worth of things that need to be done. And there's ways to, to negotiate and remedy those things. Uh, with an as-is, it's just wide open. You go back, you ask for things, the seller can say no, and then you have the right and ability within your, your inspection period to cancel the agreement, or you can just keep moving forward. Uh, I can tell you that when the market was so heated up, people were just saying, you know what, I'll take the house. I'll figure out how to repair the things myself. Um, then in addition to the contract itself, the main contract, you'll have numerous disclosures. You'll have a seller's disclosure where the seller tells you all about the property and things that may have happened. Maybe they had a roof leak. They're going to disclose that. Um, they're going to tell you how old the roof is or the appliances are they owned and so forth. Um, then you, does the community have an HOA? Does it have a CDD? What are the prices of those things? When is it collected? How about a condo um, association? Or how about the fact that it's a condo? Those have different rules to them. Um, Was there any mold on the property? So there should be a mold addendum if so. Um, One of the things during the market um, when it was driving up back in the early 2000s is that there was a shortage of drywall. And so many companies were getting drywall from China and that created the Chinese drywall issue um, where it was emitting some chemicals that would corrode your your electrical wiring inside your home. Uh, it would negatively um, affect your heating and air conditioning system because that's electrical as well. So there were all kinds of issues. So if your house, uh, if the house has Chinese drywall and the seller knows about it, then they need to disclose that. And there's a form for that. And then there's special contingencies like an appraisal contingency, making sure that the value of the home uh, meets the appraisal appraised value. Otherwise 
you your bank won't give you all the money for it. And before people were waiving those appraisal differences between the appraised value and the purchase price because they just wanted the home. And now that seems to be a thing of the past. There was also an escalation at Dunham for kind of the same reason where you would build in the ability to escalate the the price of your offer based on what other offers were being submitted in a multiple offer situation. And then there's an inspection contingency. Now, we don't see too many people putting an inspection contingency document in place because the inspection period and the language for the inspection is baked into the standard and the as-is contracts. So we just don't see that as much. Um, and then you, you, once you have all those documents, everything is, is uh, you're submitting um, with your offer, then you, you need to prepare yourself for the negotiation process. And this is negotiation 101, and we'll, we'll handle uh, 201 and 301 at different times. But um, obviously, it's the, the price comes first. And you want a realtor that can do a comparable market analysis to determine what the right price is for the home. What kind of priced offer should we submit? Who's our competition? Um, are, are there other offers being submitted on the home? Um, are there other homes in the community that are also on the market that would be comparable to this one? Um you know, this multiple offer situation, again, was such a big part of our business just just a mere few months ago, three or four months ago. And then all of a sudden, it kind of slowed way down. But multiple offers is a very challenging situation because you're not only trying to work a negotiation with the seller, but you're trying to understand where all different buyers would be in their offers. What kind of offers are they submitting to be the best offer out there? Well, now what we're doing is we're submitting offers lower than the list price. And that's really a phenomenon that's putting us right back into a normalized market. Uh, and that's okay. Um, most people are submitting offers lower than the list price. Um, and what that, how much lower is really dependent upon how much you want the home. The reality is, is that you need to understand how long the home has been listed because the closer it is to the list date, the less the seller will negotiate. Uh, because if their realtor has told them, here's where I think your value is, here's where I think we should list, and then they get an offer that's much lower than that, then they're, they're probably not too uh, keen on lowering their, their price or accepting a lower price. Uh, right away. Um, the closer it is to the list date, the more aggressive you should be as a buyer in submitting your offer. And that's just the fact. Because no matter what the market's doing, the longer a home sits on the market, the more chance someone will buy it. So you need to keep that in mind. If it's a home you really like, then you need to work with your realtor to figure out how to get it. Um, the reality is you may be dealing with sellers that are just not in a hurry to sell and they don't have to. They have plenty of money. They're living in another home. This one was an investment, whatever the case is. 
And it's really hard to negotiate hard with someone like that because they just they they don't have something pushing them to to take a low offer. And the other thing is that perhaps the sellers can't sell for lower. That's a possibility too. I mean, maybe they they have to sell at a certain amount in order to satisfy their loan. Maybe they've taken an equity line of credit and now they got to pay that back when they sell. So back in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, uh, short sales were popular. And, and really, that's exactly what it means. Someone was going to sell their home and the proceeds would not equal the debt. It wouldn't satisfy the mortgage. So that made the amount of money that they were going to receive in proceeds short. Hence, short sale. Not seeing too much of that, but in any event, um, what you'll get once you submit your offer, perhaps an acceptance, hopefully, perhaps a counteroffer. And if you get a counteroffer, that's okay. It's just a good indicator of where the seller wants to be. So if you have a $500,000 home, you submit an offer at four fifty, and the seller comes back at 499000 then it's a good bet that they're not really willing to come off their price much at all. However, if you are looking at a $500,000 house, you submit your offer at four fifty, and the seller comes back at four seventy-five. well, that's a good sign that you're going to land somewhere between the four fifty and four seventy-five mark. So that's that's how the negotiation process works in a nutshell. Now, how many times do you go back and forth in that process? And the answer is as many times as it takes until you're a little bit happy and a little bit unhappy and the seller's a little bit happy and a little bit unhappy. And it's the job of the realtor to help you get there. And once the, con- the contract has been accepted, now what? Well, then you have your inspections that I re- referenced before. You have a general inspection. You have a WDO or termite inspection. WDO meaning wood-destroying organism. You can have a four-point inspection depending on the age of the home. That checks the roof, electric, plumbing, AC to make sure that all those things are working properly. That helps you get a little bit of a reduction on your insurance as does a wind mitigation inspection, depending on when the home was built and when the last roof was installed. Um, That gives you a discount. Um, You want to have the pool inspected if if you feel a need for that. That would be a a specific situation. Let's say that the heater's not working. Well, then it's incumbent upon the seller to get a, a pool company out there to inspect it and fix it or what have you. Maybe the home has a septic system and a well system. And with a well system, you tend to have a filtration system. So you want to have all those things checked too. And your realtor can help you with finding a company or companies that do those types of things. And then, of course, any specialized items. You know, if there's something specific on a, on a lot, uh, you know, certain piping or some kind of a drain field or what have you. Uh, lift station, all those things that you need to make sure work, um, then you want to have those inspected. And then, like I mentioned before, you're going to negotiate repairs on an as-is contract and potentially on the standard contract. But like I said, you would build pricing in 
that the seller agrees to fix items up to a certain dollar threshold. And then once you've negotiated all that and you've, you've gotten that figured out and it's all papered up on an addendum, then you're going to be working with your mortgage company to get your loan approved. You will have already been working with your, your loan officer, getting your application in and so forth. You're going to work with a title company down in Florida here. We use title companies. Not, we don't tend to use attorneys for closings, although you can. Um, but the title company will kind of help move the whole process along right to closing. And they'll be in charge of selling you your, your title insurance that will protect your home in the event that someone wants to uh, claim that they have the right to title. Um, then you're gonna. the next processes are that you're going to have your closing walkthrough. So it's kind of a pre-closing walkthrough. And that's not the time when you're going to figure out how everything works in the house. Um, that time was during your inspection period. Um, this is really meant to make sure that everything is in the same condition that it was in when you purchased the home. M make sure there's no broken windows or... Uh, I had one situation where... We did the walkthrough for my sellers and they moved to another part of the state and their movers loaded up the washer and dryer. And th those were meant to stay with the home they were conveying at closing. So at the walkthrough, the buyer said, hey, where's the, where's the washer and dryer? And so that was something that we had to negotiate because the buyers wanted to be credited or they wanted the washer and dryer. The sellers said, I can't get you the washer and dryer. It's on a truck. And so we'll give you a credit. And, and we negotiated that and it worked out and everything was fine. Another great reason to have a realtor that helps facilitate that whole process. But again, the, the, the reason for that walkthrough is to make sure that the home is still in its same condition. And then once you have your walkthrough, then you're going to have closing day. Closing day is a big day. And that's going to be Signing all of your documents. If you're purchasing cash, the number of documents is quite low and the process of closing is pretty quick. If you're financing, the banks have a ton of paperwork for you to sign and they want to protect themselves in the event of anything. And usually that's probably a half inch to an inch thick of documents that you're going to be um getting an understanding of from the title company. They'll explain all those documents. Um, I like to attend the closings so that if there's something that comes up that isn't explained or that the my clients need an explanation for, then I'm there to give it to them. And then when all the documents are signed, then the notification is sent off to the bank to go ahead and fund. And that happens electronically. It's usually pretty quick. You get your keys and the home is yours. And that means it is yours from soup to nuts. You own it and everything that goes along with it. Now, of course, if there's any questions that you have about paperwork and things like that, you certainly have the ability to call the title company. They could help you with that. Your mortgage company could help. Your realtor should be able to help with that information as well. But now all you get to do is pay for your home and enjoy it. And that is buying a home, a resale home. Next time, we're going to talk about buying a builder home, a brand new home. 
totally different process. I have an enormous amount of experience in that field. I spent many, many years in the home building industry, and I'm really excited to talk to you about that process. And uh, I thank you for tuning in and sticking with me through this longer episode today, but there was just so much to cover. Thank you much, and we will see you next time on Rad Real Estate. This has been a Rad Real Estate podcast in cooperation with Bay Realty of Florida, LLC, a Florida-based real estate company. Episodes are written, directed, and edited by Richard Dombrowski. The views expressed on this podcast are the opinions of the host and guests of the show and should not be used to make financial decisions or in buying or selling real estate. To find out more information, contact the host directly at radrealestate at gmail.com. The theme song is Action by Cube Sounds and can be found on Pixbag.